Welcome back to another episode of On the Bench with Beaks. This is episode 56, Pick Up Sticks. <laughs> I am your host, Cody Beekman, and with me, as always, is the San Francisco treat, Bryce Aroni McMillan. <laughs> hey, hello. What's going on? Thanks for having me. And I've got the big old boss that sits on an albatross, Ross Moormeyer. <laughs> What's up, guys? <laughs> And for all of you, uh, for all of you vintage on the Benchwood Beaks listeners, we've also got Daniel riding in on his steedy beady back for an episode. What's up, you crazy gentlemen? It's good to be back. <laughs> oh, it's good to have you back there, bud. And today we have such an incredible guest, uh, uh, just a fucking beauty, Mr. Johnny O'Relt. John O'Relt, say up? what's up to the podcast. How's it going, people. guys? Oh, dude, so good. I'm so stoked I got to uh, finally have you on, on an episode here. Um, uh, how you been out there in, you know, St. Lou? I've been doing pretty well. I've been trying to just uh, stay busy and uh, I just trying to, I just bought a house and a truck, so I'm trying to get, get back into independence again, so well, beauty, pretty great. Beauty. Well, oh, and, congratulations. That's yeah. awesome. Big Thanks. moves. Big moves make big people, and big people make big moves. So I like to hear it. Uh, so we got a lot. Uh, we got a lot on our plate today. Of course, we're going to be talking to John O'Rell about his travels through hockey today. It's going to be great. We've also got hockey day in history, player spotlight, and we're going to be discussing uh, nominations for the Willie O'Ree Community Award, which actually kind of plays into uh, John's story. So. Without further ado, let's get on with Hockey Day in History. And as per usual, we like our guests to start us off. So, Johnny, give us some uh, hockey fodder to chew on. All right. So, I found a pretty cool one um, this day in hockey history with uh, St. Louis Blues' Jeff Cortnall set a team playoff scoring record with six points, a goal, and five assists as the Blues won 8-3 to against the visiting Los Angeles Kings in Game 1 of the Western Conference Finals. There's, there's a few oh things. Wow. There's a few things. In a playoff I, game. Yeah. Wow. There's a few okay. things I like here is uh, A, L.A. got just sloshed. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the only one. Yeah, I, I saw I saw the, uh, the like the glimmer in your in Ross's eye as soon as you started saying that, John, because uh, um, Ross is a uh, is an Anaheim uh, fan, born and bred. So yeah, he just got that twinkle in his eye after seeing that and the other thing is six points in a playoff game that is so fucking clutch yeah well and it's yeah, that's a big game it's almost like the, he was playing with the islanders that's like the kind of numbers he was producing uh, bossy, bossy numbers, yeah. and, and all that and, and well yeah and then you, you think about it like that's like that's peter forsberg against uh the, the florida panthers right in uh back in 96 so that's just huge i love it love it john good good stuff bud uh daniel you want to keep this one running seeing how you're like semi a guest i don't know you're like on you're on the edge you're like you're here but then he's not you know it's like a like a silent but deadly he's fart. a ghost i'm a hockey ninja <laughs> all right go, uh, continue the fodder you guys know I love the 90s, and I got a good one here for you. It's also playoff-related because we are in April after all. And this one is in 94, April 25th. 
Patrick Waugh. He won his 11th consecutive OT game by stopping 60 shots in a 2-1 win at the Boston Garden. 60 the game shots. of the Eastern Conference quarterfinals. The Garden. It was uh, the 11th straight OT win set an NHL record. Wow. Good Lord. And you yeah. and you wonder why Patrick Wall is in the hall. I'm like, come on. Yeah. And, like, and, and that was like, that was the year after he uh, he was a rookie. So that's coming in year two of his career and just completely blowing people out, playing so clutch as well. Oh, for sure. Because if it's 11 consecutive OT game wins, you know, part of that is the last year. And like, that was their miracle run with Wah and Net. So yeah, dude. Vintage, vintage early watch is showing us how it's all going to be for the next 18 years. Right, absolutely. 60 shots are just remarkable. Yeah. I mean, that, that, you don't even see that, you know, unless you're watching World Juniors. Well, <laughs> you know, at least nowadays. But I mean, at the pro actually, level, yeah, the score sheet on this, Bryce, you're right. It's 1718 of OT. So within the first OT period, and he had already stopped 60 shots in the game. That's, That's amazing. Nuts. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, you only see that like once in a blue moon, so that's just nuts. Well, you look at like uh, you know Corpusalo like last year in the uh, in the playoffs. I mean, going into what what was it uh, four overtimes? Oh yeah, with the Tampa Bay oh, Lightning. Yeah. That took that that was he hit what like seventy two shots. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and I mean in one. So in one uh, in one playoff game with one overtime, you still get sixty shots. That's huge. Yeah, that's yeah. insane. Oh, beautiful, beautiful fodder. I'm just chewing like a dog on a bone right now. <laughs> uh, Ross, continue this. Well, this one it, it has neither of my favorite teams in it, but it Lovely. still has one of our boys though, Adam oh. Denmark. Oh, Deader. Oh, you got to love some Adam Deadmarsh right there, bud. But April 23rd, 2001, Adam Denmarsh scored the tying goal at 10-17 of the third period. Then the game-winning goal at 4-48 in OT. So... And he eliminated Detroit, so I'm fine with that. Uh, you gotta love that too. Totally you, fine with that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Adam Deadmarsh was such a key player for the Avalanche, and and to go on to play for LA as well. You know, he like he had he was the perfect blue collar hockey player. Oh yeah, he really was. I mean, he dropped the mitts if he had to, but I mean, no matter what, you can always expect Deader right around the right around the net, just mucking it up. Picking up the trash, just like uh, uh, and doing the work in the in, in the um in the corners, which I think gave a lot of uh, a lot of leeway to a lot of like the uh, like early uh, forwards that played on the lines with Deadmarsh to uh, to really just open it up and find those soft spots to just be be at home and put that puck in the net. And I mean. Uh, there's a reason why you know a debtor was such a uh, was such a high profile uh, acquire for the LA Kings in that trade with uh, with Colorado in 2001. I mean, right. I mean, of course you can't you like with Rob Blake. You know, exactly. you, you, you can't replace a Rob Blake. But I mean, Adam Deadmarsh 
not a bad n- not a bad get. No, uh, he's always on the score sheet. He's always making plays. You just a guy you can count on. So I just think it's a great hockey last name, Dead Marsh. Oh, for sure. Oh. Like it's oh, just so intimidating when you hear it. It's Dead so Marsh. good. And here's here's the beauty of that, and just some fun hockey trivia. His last name was misspelled on the Stanley Cup when it was first put on. That's no. right, it was. Yes. It was. I remember and that. No way. Yeah, that. Yeah, he and in an NHL first, he was the first name to be later corrected on the Stanley Cup, yep. along with Manny Legacy in 0102. That wow. was misspelled Legacy. Legacy. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I'm 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 like Pac-Man just eating up these like barp, 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 these beautiful hockey days in history. Uh, Bryce, you better not disappoint me. What do you oh, got? I will not disappoint. I hope so not. So this is Let's not see. really, you know, we're talking, you know, what happened a little bit before 1980. When we talk about the Olympics, when you talk about Soviet and you talk about the USA, right? What happened? But Here's what happened. Hockey Canada announced that an eight-game series between the best NHLers and the Soviet national team will be playing in September. That's back in 1972. So this is already just igniting a, a big rivalry that you're going to see for the next you know, seven to eight years and into the Olympics. So some of the best NHLers and you see some of the best guys from the Soviet Union just, just go against each other. And I think it's just the best fucking... Way to highlight an ignition to a rivalry there. Well, I'll tell you right now, it, it was actually, uh, it actually turned out to be quite embarrassing for the NHL mm-hmm. because almost every time the uh, CCCP would uh, come over, they would just light up all of the uh, NHL All Stars for the longest time. And yeah. uh, um, I remember, I'm not quite, I'm not quite sure of the date, but I know, I know Daniel will probably correct me on this. I remember. Um, at one point, it was an exhibition game against uh, the CCCP and uh, Canada, where uh, the, Canada just went out and just started just throwing the body around like crazy, and um, uh, the Russians were getting so mad about it they, oh, they yeah. were refusing to come out onto the ice for what like the third period. Is, is- yeah, they're just like, nah, we're good. We don't need this. Yeah. We're like totally better than you and. We don't like this style of play, so yeah. peace. We're highlighting, <laughs> like, we're highlighting the best NHLers at the time. We're not talking close to you know the USA Soviet rivalry, which is even better. Yeah, but well, those are college kids too. So you just you just see how this you know North America, there's it was ignition between you know Russia and the North American. Well, that, that was yeah. during the Cold War and all that as exactly. Well. So there, you always were feuding with the Russians, but oh yeah, it was always USA versus Russia. Correct me also if I'm wrong, Daniel. That whole entire <laughs> Canada Russia series was they they lost basically lights in the actual one of the games and there was like an all-out brawl and nobody knew who the hell they were hitting or if it was like their guy or a russian dude basically in a sense that's how dark it was i do know the game you're talking about bryce did you say 72 like the 72 summit series you got it was that your yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're the same tournament, but maybe it's not the same tournament. But you know, it was just literally it was sparking. You know what would happen between you know, yeah, the and North I think and they were attempting to do Canada, then they were doing the best of the NHL and USA. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, and uh, another thing, I mean, like the late and great uh, Herb Brooks has always been quoted in saying is that uh, these guys were all-star teams. They hadn't played together as long as, as long as the CCCP teams. That's why these all-star teams always got thrashed. Oh, yeah. You know? And so, that, that I mean, just to, just to shed a little bit of light on the, uh, the brilliance of Herbie Brooks, just to say... Right. Agreed. All right. I'm going to round this baby off real quick. I am going to round them off with a date going back to April 23rd, 1997. And I know Daniel's going to love this one. Uh, Wayne Gretzky scored a natty hattie, his league record ninth playoff hat trick in the second period as the Rangers won 3-2 over the visiting Panthers in game four of the Eastern Conference quarterfinals. There we go. I love this Hockey Day in history because it's Gretzky and no one shit on my Canucks at the same time. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's been a a first one in a long time for you, Daniel. So that's like uh, good for you. I read the gamut and survived. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. the Nabby had. And like he got it in like 10 minutes or something or less, right? Yeah, yeah. in a span of 6 minutes and 23 (laughs) seconds. Oh, my God. That's like just... That's Not like very the, good, man. It's like what Donskoy did the other. Oh the, yeah, the other game. Like he, I think, yeah, I think Donskoy got in like seven minutes and thirty six seconds, but yeah. six minutes and twenty three seconds. Not even Mika Zibanejad can do that right now. No, and he got two within like a week. Two natural hat tricks within a week on the same team. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's why you call sure. him. That's why you call him the great one, eh? Yeah, he made everybody look like a pylon, pretty much. <laughs> oh, you said it, John. Everybody was a pylon when fucking Gretzky was out on the ice, eh? All right, oh, stop. I got to tell you, man, that was like one of our better hockey day in history is right there. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm, I'm all titillated. Let's keep going. Titillated. Let's keep going. Get, Ross, give me some player spotlight, buddy. Oh, my God. So, as we all know in the hockey community... Recently, unless you have your hand in the sand, uh, yeah, the he- head. head in the Not sand, hand. hand. I mean, whatever. <laughs> Come on, but Pippen. yeah, Marlowe surprised Gordy Howe. See, uh, we also did a double today. We mentioned Gretzky and Howe. That's right. We got there Gretz we go. and Howe. In there there we go. We didn't shit on the Canucks. Yep. <laughs> this is good episode so far. That's a natural hat trick <laughs> for uh, Daniel. Right there. <laughs> a natty hattie. But as we all know, Marlowe passed Gordie Howe in playing 1,768 games. And my hat's off to him. Just 23 seasons playing that long is just unreal. Oh, absolutely. And doing it in under only three teams as well. Yes. And I don't know if anybody saw the gloves that they gave him. All those silky gloves. Those were so cool. They did a special, like, CCM gloves that had all the teams that he played on, and then the record, and then the night that he set it. It was really cool. And also, with that player spotlight, I have a cool little factorino from that itself. Patrick Marlowe of the San Jose Sharks has appeared in at least one game with 37% of the NHL. Like, of, of all the teams? 104 years. <laughs> what? What? Of every player that's ever played in the NHL ever, ever, Marlowe's played with 30-odd percent of them. Yes. 
That is wow. So that's three thousand and nine players that he has played with or against. Oh my goodness! Move man. over, Kevin Bacon effect. Patty Barlow's <laughs> dude, Roz. That was. This is a great spotlight, homie. That, that's that is, a that's a that's an incredible stat. And that's probably a record that nobody will ever 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 touch. No way, no way. I mean, if uh, if if uh, Gordy Howe had to work what uh, all of his career to work up that games. That, that many games and that's just nhl games not including the yes. whl and also there the one is. ihl game that he played for the vipers right so. yeah. vipers. one so. thing i want to see is you know maybe the points i want to see how many games he's played but how many points he's racked up compared to some of the grays i want to see you know i'm not trying to dog your hot your spotlight here but at the end of the day i just want to see what yeah. happened with the grays and less games I'll tell, yeah, you, right, I'll tell yeah. you right now that he's racked up a few of the San Jose Sharks uh, records as well in points and in, in, uh, other miscellaneous spots. Well, and I always remember back in the day, you always hated going and playing against Marlowe. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. He was always just such a big, big threat. And he always had that, just like that. I, I always thought it was like a smug smile, a punchable but, face. But I but I realized <laughs> very that, punchable face. That Patrick Marlowe smile. That's just like that. That is just his face. Yeah. You know, and and I've always thought it was like really smug that he's like, yeah, I'm fucking better than you. But no, that's just um I uh overall all of the uh all of the highlights and stuff, and uh, especially now that you know he's eclipsed. Uh, Gordy Howe. I mean, you look back on all his highlights, and it's just that smile. Yeah, you know, it's like so. And hearing him talk over, you know, numerous and countless interviews at this point, it's like he is a really humble dude. So, I, I am uh, just just because I am a Colorado Avalanche fan, and all, of all the times that Patrick Patrick Marlowe has just completely. Um, Let's say uh, made me throw a fucking toaster out the window. <laughs> yeah, he's an abs killer. That makes me feel a little bit better. So just uh, I'll, I'll give it that. But uh, yeah, I mean, what can you say? Complete congrats to Patrick Marlowe on such an incredible record. Yeah, I mean, and it's also just rare to just see a record that's already been set like that broken ever ever in our lifetime. We could have two Gordy Howe uh, records broken in our lifetime if uh, Ovi can keep his uh, incredible run up too. Oh, you mean uh, the Gretzky? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. oh God, what am I thinking? <laughs> well, well, no. I mean, even uh, well, he, but he'll, he'll pass Howe on yeah, the way from most yeah, goals at eight oh two. He'll have true. yeah. He'll yeah, have true. to pass Gordy on that. Mm-hmm. So we so we could see two incredible uh, Howe records being broke. Yep. And in our lifetime. Which I did the math here recently. If Obi's going to do that, he has to get an average of like 31 or 32.5 goals. Within. How do you get a, a point of a goal, half a goal? I, I don't know. It's just the math, how it works out. So it'd be basically 33 goals that he'd need a season. Well, for the next five. Well, I would like to see someone get half a goal one day. I mean, yes. I'm not sure. <laughs> if that, do, you call, do you count like a shootout goal, a half a goal? Nah, you no. You could. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, hey, 
incredible player spotlight. Cong- a huge congrats to Patrick Marlowe. That is just that's gigantic. I agree, especially if he has more tread in his tires. Like this is not the last year he's probably playing. I hope not, but we'll see what happens in the next one to three years from now. He could definitely just fry that record if he wants to. Well, and he's also working on an Ironman record right now. He's like at 908 consecutive games played. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that's another thing. I mean, Marlowe's just a machine. The Marlowe machine. I wonder if he ever pulled rank on Matthews when he was in Toronto for that hot minute and on the same line. Like, bro, whatever. You were a month old when I was playing in the NHL. In like my 500th game in the <laughs> NHL. <laughs> I, I mean, I would. I mean, but I, I don't claim to be a very good person. Anyways. <laughs> All right. So, well, yeah. Uh, great hockey day in history. Even better player spotlight. So let's move on. So... April 25th is the day that they will be cho- uh, that uh, nominations will be due for the Willie O'Ree Community Hero Award. And I mean, here on, at On the Bench of Beaks, we, we are really big into giving back to the community and spotlighting a lot of the hockey community. So today I think we're going to have a little discussion about, you know, um, who like maybe some um some foundations or just uh singular people even though i hate saying that because anybody who gets singled out would always like in hockey would always uh just say it wasn't just me it was a million other people so today we're gonna have a little bit of a conversation about uh who we nominate for the willie o'ree community award and um I want to start this out by uh, asking John. Uh, John, we haven't heard from you in a second, and I mean you're our guest. We was so like, let's get you into this conversation. Um, is there anybody out there, uh, or a foundation, or you know, just a, you know, a singular person that you would think that would be just perfect for the Willie O'Ree? Uh, God damn it, Cody, talk. Uh, O'Ree uh, Community Award. I mean. Uh the first person that comes to my mind would be uh, probably Marty Richardson. Um, Marty. He's been a, he's been a, an amazing human being to, and um, very blessed to have uh, had him with me over the weekend and everything. So uh, he's definitely changed my life and uh, spread his word throughout my community back here in St. Louis. And I know he spread you know tons of good things out in there in Colorado. So. And, uh, and uh, yeah, maybe just elaborate on, you know, just a little bit of the things that he's done uh, just recently for you and your family, kind of maybe like the hockey community around you. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this weekend we had a, a huge hockey tournament uh, put on by two of my really good friends um, and Dog Nation with Marty Richardson came out to help. We had uh, Johnny O's three on three bash out here in St. Louis and uh it was a huge turnout. Had uh, 26 teams with um, a whole weekend of hockey. Um, uh, two teams playing on that, or four teams playing on the ice at one time, and um, raised a bunch of money for um, me and um, just get me back on my feet. And uh, Marty and the Dog Nation guys were a huge help, and they they even played all weekend with us and 
drank a bunch of beers and um, <laughs> it, it turned into quite the party and um, yeah it was amazing the whole St. Louis community came out and guys that I you know really didn't know even chipped in and played on the teams and uh, we ended up raising fifty five thousand dollars wow wow that's incredible man that that's is incredible yeah and yeah. uh uh turn into a party i mean that is that's 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 marty richardson right there you know he uh he, he bring uh he brings the uh he brings the love and then he uh stays uh and uh has a few beers with you too a few meaning uh, maybe like five six seven eight or nine but uh, that uh, that's that's kind of like that that's uh, i mean uh just speaking from another person who's been lucky enough for marty and his gang to like kind of grace uh grace my life and it's it's a huge thing when you know somebody comes in and just says you know what you know, i hardly know you guy but i know you're yeah. you're you're a brother and we're you're stuck in a terrible situation and not only am i going to help you out financially i'm going to help you out uh at, like in friendship wise too and we're gonna take a few beers absolutely Not yeah i mean i've talked talked to marty uh even the past two days prior just you know just going over the weekend and you know reflecting over everything and it's still just everything's all good vibes you know from marty so the guy, uh, those guys can really move mountains for people, and that's a that's a huge thing, especially in, especially when you know you're in you're in a desperate need of just a little bit of help. I mean, they they give you a lot of bit of help. So, um, honestly, yeah. uh, with my nomination, I'd have to agree with you there, John. Um, I know uh, I know uh, Daniel's been uh, helping out with a, a lot of stuff with uh, Drew. Uh, Daniel, what a uh, like uh who'd you nominate and why uh well thanks cody and and i mean great choice john i i love marty too he's a he's an amazing guy in this community i've had the privilege of seeing his work firsthand and um he's a selfless guy too the the dude's brother just had open heart transplant surgery and the guy's still going to st louis to support this tournament while his brother's recovering back home i mean what more can you say about the guy right it's pretty incredible when he Um, when he when he just did a huge fundraiser just for his brother too right like literally right after that he's on a plane out to st Louis to uh go hang out with johnny so that's that's crazy so uh yeah big kudos there and nigel we're we're thinking about you man we're we're hoping you're doing well out there so yeah i got yeah just got to see him ring that bell that uh like uh yeah that clean bill got to go home today yeah it's pretty awesome it's pretty awesome what the what the power of anyway um you know sharks have already come up once on this podcast with marlo and he's been with the organization basically since the beginning uh, there's another man that's been with the Sharks since the beginning. That guy's name is Terry Smith. Terry Smith is the original logo designer of the San Jose Sharks logo. So the jersey I'm wearing right now and the one that's um, probably most iconic by the Sharks, uh, that's his design. And not a lot of people know about Terry. He's very behind the scenes always. Um, but his design was so influential 
it was back at a time the NHL didn't have NHL properties and the NHL when they made money on merchandise could use that money in their club and so the Sharks became more successful quicker by signing players because they had more money because of the success of that jersey like that's pretty impressive um and that gives you some background into terry smith as a designer but this last year has been pretty cool terry designed the 30th anniversary sharks logo but he also designed um the hockey diversity and inclusion jersey that the sharks wore at warm-ups and it's uh, a unity jersey it's called and it features the hockey diversity alliance colors it features uh, a very bold design where it doesn't have the sharks logo on the front it's actually a a player and that player is kind of black kind of white you're not sure Um, you're supposed to kind of be questioning the logo and what is really prominent about the logo is the idea of unite and he does all of these designs, raises all of this money. All of those warm-up jerseys went to benefit the Housing Industry Foundation, which is the big cause in the San Jose area, trying to keep families together in times that are really difficult right now. And um, if that wasn't enough, he also designed the Willie O'Ree hockey skates that yeah. players wore during Black History Month. And he had about 48 hours to design those skates when Bauer gave him the templates. And uh, he made an incredible design. Um, the, bro- the proceeds of the skates that are being auctioned off right now on NHL auctions, um, most of them are over $700 right now. There's about 20 pairs. All of the money, or most of it, like 95%, is going to Black Girls Hockey Club, which is an organization that gives scholars scholarships and gear to black women to get them more involved with hockey so all of it's a great example of an artist having an impact with his work being super amazing but also for a really good cause in the community and working really closely with some big figures in the hockey community to make like some serious coin being raised and have people think about things in the process so shout out to terry smith and I, I remember seeing those jerseys in the Discord group that we were a part of, Daniel. Those were just so unique. Like, each yeah. one that they did. But his was, as you're saying, it makes you think about the whole entire thing. Yeah, and, that, and that's the huge thing about being inclusive, too. You know, uh, making hockey more inclusive as well. Making it, oh, like, uh, you know, making jerseys and statements like this is that, like, we are we are a family. Yeah. Which I mean, uh, which I think uh, a lot of a lot of hockey players for the longest time would always be so proud about being is that we are a close knit group, and it shows with you know with uh, John's three on three tournament, and it shows with what uh, uh, Dog Nation has done for me and in other other senses that you know there is there this it, we are a community and we are a community that cares. And with a lot of a lot of the stuff that is like come out re- like maybe not so recently, but I mean in in the past, you know, with like Akeem Alou's story and you know Dan Carcillo's story, and a lot of you know like hazing rituals and you know uh, racial uh, racial comments and stuff, it's it shows that the game is truly evolving 
in not yeah. just the game, but in also mindsets. Yeah, no, it's definitely getting more to that point, which I'm liking seeing that more and more. Especially with, like, the hazing and all that being brought to light now. Oh, yeah. Because it's no new thing. It's been something that's been going on for quite some time. So I'm glad that they're starting to get that nipped in the butt and actually being more inclusive just along, like, all facets of hockey. Right. Absolutely. I mean... I mean, every everybody deserves to play, and everybody should play. I mean, hockey is an incredible game, and I think uh, this is a great way to, uh, you know, actually expand the game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 John, you gonna say something? Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, like you said, everybody deserves to play. And, like, there's nothing, there's nothing better than stepping on the ice and it's like I feel like everybody would agree who plays hockey that wants to step on the ice, like. Nothing really matters just, just, except for just, you know, being out there. And I think that everybody, you know, who wants to play should have deserve that feeling that, you know, step on the ice. And that, all that matters is you skating around and playing hockey and, um, you know, hazing and stuff. It's, it's got to stop. So, Absolutely. All right, Russ, what do you got there, buddy? Well, I mean, I'm just going to just because of what we saw here at Dog Bowl and everything, and just the person that Marty is and just also hearing all the stories from some of the survivors, as we will call them, from all these different facets of life. Um, I mean, just Dog Nation. They're hands down just one of the most just... Un, it, it's just unreal the way that they take care of their people. Yeah. It's, as I said, just seeing it just with your own eyes. And I mean, just, you know, you're a testament to that. I mean, just going to the actual dog bowl for Dog Nation, just, you know, seeing how tight knit the group was and just what they did. And that was their day in and day out, like, thing that they did. Yeah, it's not a, it's not like a job for them. It's no. it's it, that, that's what yeah. they do. That's what they live and breathe. Yeah, you know? that, and they've just built that up, and there's such a culture around just Marty and that whole just core group of guys. They just believe in what they do, and I think yeah, them putting the care and just the time and effort into like every facet of it is just it. You know, you can't speak it. it it speaks volumes. You can't say enough about it. Yeah. yeah. Blows me away. What do you think there, Bryce? You got you got somebody uh, on your docket there? Well, I'm going to speak from just from my experience. Um, and since I've been on the podcast, which has not been that you know, too long, um, I just look back at when, you know, I met John. And we're going back to when I actually met Marty. And I really understood what we what you guys did at Dog Nation you Cody being a big part of that um, and Dark Nation just doing what they do and you know I I have to say it's going to be Marty just knowing what he's going through knowing what his brother's going through right now and just to fight through all that stuff and to still work as passionately and view everyone as passionately as his brother I mean I think that he's just doing the best he can for not just being a, a, a great example of being a human but I think also what hockey represents is you're a warrior and you fight for your teammates. And I think he was every one of 
every people, every person that he he uh, he works with is a individual, unique, genuine person, and he's gonna fight for that for them no matter what, and he's gonna get you you know help. And so, for me, I'll keep it short. It's gonna be Marty, you know, just because what he's done for of course my, of course my buddy here Cody and you John and everybody else that he uh, touches. So I'm gonna say Marty and Dog Nation as well. Yeah. Yeah, can uh, yeah, it's my it's my choice. No, uh, well, I do I do want to give a huge nod to uh, Drew Garza out in uh, Chicago, Illinois, as he is in the midst of putting on this awesome, awesome, awesome hockey tournament, a blind hockey tournament to uh, really kind of uh, to uh, open up people's. Oh, this is gonna sound bad, but open up people's eyes to blind hockey and. Uh, like a visibility kind of tournament where that he's inviting a bunch of you know blind teams uh blind hockey teams to to this tournament to really like to really give visibility to blind hockey in the u.s which is huge i mean uh, i mean john i know you know i mean uh you probably uh you and your, your family and your friends probably realize that putting on a tournament like that is it's a lot of work and uh you know it's yeah, and so he's uh he's uh working on that right now, which is huge. I mean, uh, you know, um, blind hockey doesn't get a lot of get a lot of praise, just like how you know sled hockey, and uh, you know just adaptive hockey is really just kind of fresh in people's minds these days. But he's doing a lot of really good at work, and and I think Daniel, you can kind of more elaborate on the uh, tournament details, can't you? Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, he's doing this thing out of Chicago called uh, the Blind, um, the Windy City Blind Hockey Showdown. And he's got some collaboration effort going on right now from the Chicago Blackhawks to put on this tournament and to help support it. And they're on Facebook um, as just the the, um, Windy City Blind Hockey Showdown. They also have a fundraiser going on there called Bringing Blind Hockey to the Windy City. Um, they're about $1,500 fundraised towards their $5,000 goal. And the big thing about blind hockey for getting this growing is just to have these showcase tournaments. It's proven that what this does for people is not just show people that blind hockey can play or blind people can play hockey, if not better than some of us sighted people for sure. Um, it's also a huge uh, thing for the blind community. Like it's a great reason to be athletic, to be it, part of another community that is very supportive. Uh, I've been able to go on Drew's podcast that he was inspired to start from being on our podcast on the Bench with Beaks. It's called The Dented Puck. He talks about it a lot. They want to get blind hockey into the 2026 Paralympics. And it starts, it, it, it starts and continues with these showcase tournaments. So if you're interested in checking it out, just go on to Facebook, the Windy City Blind Hockey Showdown. And uh, yeah, big shout out to Drew Garza. Love that reference, Cody, because yeah, it's, it's hard to put these on yourself. And he's got support from his community, but um, it'd be great to show him some more love. So good call. 
Well, and I mean, any of these, any of these stories that, you know, we talk about, like we've, we've like, uh, we've had Drew Garza on, you know, we've had, you know, Hannah Westbrook where back in her hometown, these grassroots movements are, uh, you know, like popping up everywhere. And we've had such a pleasure of hearing about all these kind of like grassroots movements through the hockey community. And it, it just, it, it's such a treat to hear about any time and anything that's, that's going on like that because, you know, it really does make you feel so special to be a part of a group like that. And I, I just, I, I love hearing about it. I mean, we've like, yeah, we, I mean, even hearing Pierce Grandchamp on, on the uh, podcast talking about, you know, how, well, Dog Nation, once again, is, you know, really going all in on this, you know, handicapable uh, three sheet ice rink you know it's just I love hearing about it because it, it's you know it is really kind of like blue collar work that the, everybody's putting in to make hockey more available to everyone and I just think it's incredible so any like you know Marty with Dog Nation Drew Garza you know um, either of them are incredible nominations for the Willie O'Ree uh, Community Hockey Award and hopefully you know they'll they'll get their due because they uh, you know with all the wonderful things that they've been doing is that they truly deserve more recognition for sure. All right, all right. So let's let's uh, we'll move it on here. I think I think we had a pretty good little combo about that. Let's uh, let's focus our uh, our story here on uh, Mr. Johnny O. John O'Rell. Um, uh, like, uh, just like we've been talking about, I mean, you've had, uh, you've had your, uh, stint with, uh, Dog Nation and all that for a reason. Um, just before we kind of get into the needy greedy, just give us a little bit of your, you know, hockey background and a little bit about, you know, how you kind of hooked up with, uh, Dog Nation in the first, uh, in the first part. point. Yes. So, um, my, uh, my dad always played hockey growing up and, uh, when I was when I was younger, uh, huge Blues fan, um, and took me out when I was probably three years old and was dancing around him like crazy. And he was falling on the ice, and I was still upright. So from six years on or six years old on, I've been playing um, competitive hockey. Um, I played all the way up through high school, and then a little bit after high school uh, for the Southern Illinois Ice Hawks. Um, Made some double A teams, but never really went um, into anything farther than that. I like to play uh, with my high school buddies, so I stayed with uh, the high school pro club program for most of it. Right. Um, but um, yeah, and then after that, I played a bunch of beer league hockey, and um, that's kind of how I met uh, my buddy Jared Schmierbach, who, uh, when I got hurt, immediately knew that he wanted to do something for me when I got home with doing a hockey tournament because he was a, uh, a big big beer league guy and um, so we he decided to start the hockey tournament and um, I got hurt and uh, I was moved out to Co- uh, Craig Hospital in Colorado and uh, that's a weird a weird way of meeting Marty is that my dad knows one of the guys that plays on the Dog Nation hockey team and out there in Colorado and uh, immediately he's like dude I got the perfect guy 
He's going to help Johnny out and raise some money. And within two weeks, they, they helped me. I'd never met them before in my life, but they uh, raised the uh, $14,000 that Cody, you presented to me that day at Red Rocks. Um, very special moment of mine. I don't even know if I got any words out because I was so emotional. But uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, that's so funny about your story is like that that is almost as like close to mine as possible. Literally, I, you know, you know, I was just playing beer league and stuff and um, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, this just freak accident happens. And, you know, I'm spending all this time in Craig, like I have no idea what's going on. And then out of nowhere, my uh, a guy that my mom worked with was playing well, with the dogs and just out of nowhere, this huge gigantic outpour of like you know just like beer league or hockey guys you know the comes in following you know uh, uh martin martin richardson the lightning bolt basically and after that it's just changed like um i was i was absolutely overwhelmed as well like um i mean just can you tell you can you tell us a, a little bit how like it just kind of maybe changed your outlook on your situation because just like i said you know um out of nowhere, you know, a freak accident happens at work, if I'm correct. Yeah, I was at work. I was actually uh, uh, shocked by a high-voltage wire um, and uh, fell off of the top of a semi-truck about 20 feet uh, onto my head and neck. So I broke my uh, fractured C5 and 6, my, my vertebrae in my neck. Luckily, they weren't the main break, but ended up breaking um, uh, T three down to t7 in my thoracic spine uh, and that's where i'm paralyzed from the chest down at the t t3 vertebrae uh, and i had many other complications with that fall with you know um collapsed lungs and um other stuff like that so i was i was in pretty bad shape uh for a couple weeks well before i got to craig oh yeah <laughs> I, I i i'm right there with you bud so uh could you, uh, I mean, uh, as soon as, you know, like these, you know, beer leaguer guys come in and you like, you, you find out that just be just almost basically because you also play hockey, all this like huge support, uh, comes, uh, like filtering in. Like, can you, can you tell you, tell us about yeah. how you, maybe that like changed your, uh, mindset, your family's mindset, knowing that you have this gigantic, uh, support system behind you out of nowhere. Yeah, so I mean, right when I got hurt, um, just the community around me, you know, every day, every hour, and I had visitors. Um, and then I got to Colorado, and Rhett Brantley is his name, uh, um, who got who plays with um, Marty and them on the Dog Nation squad. And um, they immediately started raising money for me, and, you know, even some huge names. I, I don't know all the names, but one of the biggest names was Clayton Keller from the Arizona Coyotes uh, donated a bunch of money to me, and he's a former teammate of mine, actually, on the ice hockey. Uh, he played with him growing up as a kid, and uh, all the way up to, I think, Pee Wee's, I think. But um, just the outreach from the Dog Nation crew with the professional players, the alumni players, you know, um, and then the community around Colorado is just, like, blown away that, why, you know why would they want to help me but you know it's just it's just who you know they are as people I feel like the hockey community that's just who they are as people you know we all just want to help and um, it's 
it's, it's a good feeling knowing that our community is so strong out there and uh, definitely changed my life. Um, you know, I got home and I happened to move back with my parents and uh, just all the different kinds of changes I never really thought would happen. But, um, you know, they make they make the friendship there that I can always, you know, hey, Marty, having a hard day, dude, you know, immediately it'll ch change your day around. And, uh, you know, it's just, he just wants to help so much. And um, then at the end of the day, he tells me, you know, no, I, I appreciate you. You know, you changed my life. I'm like, you know, that's 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 what it's about. Absolutely, like it, it's it's an incredible, like it's it's a wind blowing in from a better uh, a better direction, if if I, to say. I agree, hundred percent. Especially look at you know both of you guys, almost the same situation happened to you. Like, your life changed, yeah. like literally. You know, in front of your eyes, and you, and, you, and then you kind of come back to it and realize, you know, your life has changed, and you had to kind of deal with that. And, um, and that's, you know, it's not easy for anyone to really just like accept on day one when it happens to you. But I think over the years, and I think the lessons you've learned, you guys have both been able to just really conquer this and get past it in a, in a different way, especially with new friends. You know, and that's the best thing you can have is your friends. And I think if you can give them, your friends, the gift of your own presence, and yeah. that's what matters the most. And I think that Dog Nation has both your backs for sure. Oh, yeah. No matter what. Absolutely. Yeah, my injury was actually September of last year. So I'm, you know, just seven months in of uh, being in a wheelchair and dealing with mm -hmm. all this. But just the community is, it, I, you know, I feel like a normal person. I'm not anybody different i just you know get around a little different but for real that, yeah, that, exactly the friendship between us all never changed so that's a very important thing as well yeah we just we have a like um uh, a certain aversion to curbs now yeah <laughs> i got a wheelie them yeah uh, hey better than me man i just I, I try to wheelie them i just run right into them so you got that on me <laughs> <laughs> Especially coming out of the Patch Center a week ago. Oh gosh, was, don't even mention that. It was interesting. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I was I, I blasted out of the Pepsi Center and my uh, my my foot uh, my footrest hit like a cur like a, a little bit of little crack little crack and almost sent me flying forward and all these people around me are like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "Holy crap, is it crowded yeah. on the cripple day or what?" <laughs> 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 but I mean, hey, that's just me. <laughs> Uh, so like uh, so uh, you leave Craig and um, you go to physical therapy for a bit right and then um, when did you finally get to get back into you know the sled and uh, get back on the ice yeah so I've been actually cleared from physical therapy for the past month now uh, they kind of dropped me because I still had an injury to my foot so the biggest thing I wanted to do is get in a standing frame but with the injury to my foot still I'm not allowed to put weight on it yet. So I haven't been really going to physical therapy. I've just been maintaining, stretching, and doing things on my own. Right. And then uh, with the, the three-on-three bash, um, the main like main event on Sunday was me getting back on the ice. Um, and uh, uh, the St. Louis sled hockey team came out uh, and with a bunch of sleds, uh, a couple of their guys, I think they had four or five guys, and then they had uh, six extra sleds. So me and my buddies 
uh, all got to go out there and try and play against them. Um, but um, just hopping in that sled, I didn't get the right setup for the first one, so I immediately flipped over on my back, uh, not having any balance. And so it was like trial and error for the first 20 minutes, getting in and out of sleds. Uh, finally, we got in the, the right sled, and I started, you know, pushing my way and figuring it all out. And that was like the most special moment. It's just skating away and you know shedding a tear that I'm hearing the crinkle on the ice, and um, and then to have all my buddies playing with me against these guys, and then seeing them fall over and not getting anywhere, and me passing them. It's like, man, I'm already better than my buddies are. <laughs> Um, but the St. Louis sled hockey team, incredible. Uh, they fly around like, you know, just like normal, um, you know, skaters would be. Um, yeah, it was very special. Extremely special. Oh, it's got to be. I mean, getting back on the ice, like, just talk about that, you know. Yeah, just hearing the crinkle, like, the smells of the uh, of the ice, like... I mean, I, I, uh, I've yet to like actually be able to do that. So just, yeah, like kind of just, um, picture it for me, just put it into the word and put it in a word about yeah. <laughs> just being back on the ice and like seeing all, all your friends around you again. And like, it's just gotta be such a special moment. Yeah, we did. And, uh, we, we played around, you know, there, the other guys were flying around me and I immediately just went straight to the, you know, high slot and started calling for passes. And then, there you go. There you go. That's uh, a goal scorer's thought process right there. Yeah, absolutely. And um, watching one of my buddies, Mitch, uh, skating along the boards, and the uh, opponent team just checked him really hard into the board. <laughs> On the sled was hilarious. And then uh, we ended up doing a shootout just to, you know, have some fun and went down. Uh, I even fell over on my way down the first time and then shooting on them and um you know getting my first goal back as in a sled hockey and i had uh, probably about 200 people there watching me so the pressure was on oh yeah um, absolutely in that moment there was no way i could screw up it was it was just the moment was the moment so Oh yeah, the hallelujah chorus starts singing, and you know, like the uh, rays from heaven sh- sh- uh, shine down on you. It, it sounds, yeah, it sounds like you had like the biggest like aha moment slash like introductory to like sled yeah. hockey that you could like ever experience. Light bulb just yeah, went. it's like yeah. oh, I yeah. get this. Oh, I missed that sound, and then you have you're doing that in front of just a <laughs> crowd of that many people. That's just got to be, yeah. Yeah, you got two hundred of your biggest yeah. fans out there cheering you on, so that's got to definitely put a pep in your step too. Yeah, and I had Marty and uh, well, I had Mike Freeman from the Dog Nation nice. uh, crew out there skating behind me, and the, the first sled when I was tipping over, he kept put, putting me back up, putting me back up. I'm like, this ain't working, man. <laughs> I automatically had somebody you know picking me up when I fell, and then I got in the right sled and I was picking my own self up after my, you know, I'd fall and immediately just kind of learning quickly. And then the, the, the other guys were like, man, you'll never play as bad as you just did today. You, you did great. Like even the, the next time you go out there, you're going to be a hundred times better already. So. And so from, uh, from here on out, do you, uh, do you plan on, um, getting into, you know, sled hockey leagues and, uh, maybe trying to, you know, really get, get into it or what, um, what's your plans there? 
yeah, so I, uh, I have all the contacts for this like St. Louis hockey team and, um, they're, you know, they play every week, once a week. And, um, they said, you know, we got you on the sled, just come out. And, um, yeah, I just want to keep playing with them and hopefully get on back into a kind of a recreational league to, you know, get better. And uh, with me and my injury, I don't know, you know, I'm not doubting myself, but, um, uh, the balance issue is very tough, but I think I can build up enough muscle and stuff to get get pretty good at it. Well, it's a little different, you know, like uh, being on you know two stable feet, uh, like two skinny little blades. Then you get onto one skinny little blade while you're sitting down. It's got to be a little different. Um, uh, can you talk a little bit about you know just like the mechanics of it, like what uh, what you kind of struggled with it or or what you kind of got right away? Like, uh, you know, just talk, talk about, talk about the transition. Yeah. So like sitting down into the sled and then, you know, pushing off onto the ice and, you know, taking, I don't have a, you know, having a higher injury, I don't have core strength. So every time I would like push, I'd almost like want to fall into my lap. Oh yeah. Um, so I had to just find that, that the middle ground to where I could keep going and, you know, hold the balance. But for a while there, it felt like I was like, doing the worm like the top half would, would go and then my stomach would fall in the line it was just a very weird feeling but towards the end it was just becoming a little bit normal with each stride um and then turning was you know you know you can't lean too far or you just tip right over and um stick handling i don't know how they do it honestly just how they stay in stride and then stick handle and you know keep their head up that was my biggest thing you know playing hockey i always stick handle with my head up stick in you know have your head up and in this you know you take a stride but you want to you know put your head down every time you take a stride yeah your head's so, like automatically in the ice <laughs> yeah so definitely need a lot more practice but had a blast doing it and um can't wait to do it again really that's huge that's awesome man um i mean uh, the fact that you got to get back on the ice so soon is it's got to be like something something that you, well i mean uh i know as soon as i heard about you know like my limitations i was like you mean i'm not going to be able to get on the ice for how long or for what you know so to hear that you you were able to get out on the ice so soon is just it, it really does my heart so much joy and that you really actually really enjoyed it so that that that's just such a treat for me to hear and for me too um i didn't really think about the aspect of using both your arms while trying to stick handle on one blade like that is it's a lot of skill oh, yeah. are you passing that under your sled or are you able to do that in front of you you can do it yeah quick. so yeah i think they would like usually they go underneath the front of their sled and keep going or they push it out in front um but clearly you gotta stay in stride and then you have other guys coming at you so yeah i don't know they're they're incredible athletes uh the, just... the u.s national team was actually in town um on thursday and marty and them guys took me to see them play they just had an ex exhibition game oh, at the cool. Centene ice arena and it was like watching a you know pro hockey team they're fast and they are vicious 
and their wrist shots are like you know faster than the wrist shot I would add back in the day. Yeah, so. the passing is probably more just as purposeful too. Like in you know just as adamant, and everyone knows where they're gonna be, and you have that cohesiveness too, right? Yeah, and they were even like you know from the corner flipping it up, you know high up in the air to you know cross ice pass, but just flipping it up over everybody and like wow, they're just dumping the puck immediately, and then dudes are checking each other and. Um, a lot of the guys are amputees and they were just flying i mean very fast it was incredible oh yeah i remember when i at first ever watched the u.s national team on tv it was just after a playoff game and i was like what what's this what are they wait what these guys are flying dude like and they have skill like i stayed up until i think three o'clock in the morning watching like every game that they had available and like highlights and all that because i was just like mesmerized i was hooked after that it's just like dude these guys are just skilled and just just still know how to put the hammer down and get get uh, across the ice and play that 200 foot game still yeah yeah it's incredible i'll tell you what john um thank you so much for being on man we've had such a awesome time talking to you i'm really glad i finally uh well this is the first time i've actually got to talk to you since we saw you up at uh at red rock so it's been great to catch up um before yeah. you before we let you go man um what uh, what's the one maybe two things you'd really like to say about the hockey community or how it's helped you uh how how hockey in general has really kind of just helped you kind of get through a really dark part party uh in your life here um, you know, just, just the fact that so many people, um, when the time came, you know, they, they step up and not even with, you know, money or donations, just the, you know, checking in with you. Um, you know, I talked to probably almost to close to a thousand people over the weekend and just, you know, people I didn't know and people that wanted to, you know, get to know me. Um, and you know, just having this, the sense of community and knowing that I'm not alone, uh, even with you know, all my friends that showed up as well, it's like incredible that they all stuck around and did the dirty work for the tournament and, um, you know, you know, cleaned up afterwards and made sure everything was going right. Um, yeah, I, I can't thank, you know, all these people enough, but my life is forever changed and great, but in a great way now. Like I've had a restart at life and the, the past, you know, the reset has been great. Like I'm, uh, I'm in a good place right now and it's due to all these people's uh, help. So I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself, but yeah. the, uh, do you want to send any, so, any uh, shout outs or, you know, uh, drop some, uh, do some name drops before you uh, head out. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I do have one guy. Um, he's actually a Colorado native out there. Um, went to, or we were at Craig together. His name's James Campbell. Um, he played quarterback actually for CU up there, and uh, he had a horrible stroke while in his dorm room. And uh, uh, really a pleasure to. Uh, get to know him. He's a great, great uh, person, and he loves loves football and sports. Um, but uh, yeah, James Campbell. 
he's a great dude right on uh yeah so james uh john sending some love out to you we sent some love out to you uh uh danny you got some shout outs you want to uh, rip off uh well john thanks for coming on and sharing your story it's been great getting to know you over this hour and a bit um shout out to all of the dog nation hockey foundation um we can't thank you enough for all the work that you continue to do in the community for people like john and others and i just say on top of that like good to be back guys good to be talking with you guys again so thanks a lot oh hell yeah uh rusty well uh johnny thank you for coming on with us it's just been i heard you know your story through cody at first and it's just nice to finally sit down and just have a chat with you buddy and uh thanks for giving us the time of day and just coming on um and then daniel it's great having you back on hopefully we can make this more of a common occurrence i guess a little more than just a passerby yeah a little not a little you keep the canucks out of the hockey day in history i think that's a good idea that, that's the, that's the real reason why you yeah. stop doing stuff he just said, Fuck <laughs> this shit i'm sick of you guys what you got there bryce aroni oh uh, no honestly you know john it just get to talk to you again man um it was good to see you get seen you know a few a few months ago it wasn't that long ago yeah um so yeah i mean it's good catching up with you and just seeing how you're doing now and it looks like you're, you're really doing well to be honest and i'm happy i'm happy you're doing that way and uh again thanks for coming on man we really do appreciate it it's a big it's a big yeah. um big thing for uh for us to have you on man it really is i appreciate you guys having me on and cody it was great to you know get back in touch with you and uh i'm free anytime man gave me a call and it was a nice to meet the rest of you uh yeah thanks a lot yeah, same dude. Doors always open. Always love chatting. So uh, I had a pleasure today, and yeah, absolutely. Um, just for my just for my things, I want to say thank you to everybody that helped you out with your three on three tournament. I think that that was like the coolest thing to hear about, and and just uh, all the support that they're giving you is huge. And I and you know me, I I know as well as anybody to have that huge support system, and and I love that they're give, uh, that you're getting that from uh, every around you so that really makes my heart happy uh, yeah I got one last thing actually uh, on Saturday we had an incredible experience uh, with one of the uh, uh, lifelong blue his name's Charles Glenn I'd like to give him a huge shout out I don't know if you guys are familiar with him but oh, I he's know been singing the, yeah he's been singing the national anthem for the singles blues I think for 16 plus years he's formally retired um, he actually came and sang the national anthem for our charity game on Saturday night. Oh and, uh, man, that's bad. Just, just uh, being on the ice with him and sitting next to him while he's singing and belting out the the national anthem, it, it was incredible. Also, he let me put on his Stanley Cup wing uh, ring. So how did, that was pretty- how did that feel? Oh, buddy. Uh, my buddy Matt Heath. Uh, who's helped set up the tournament is very um has a lot of contacts with the blues um he's a lifelong uh season ticket holder so somehow some way he managed to get charles glenn to come out uh he even said yeah i pushed my wife off we were supposed to have a date night but i wanted to come do this instead so very big thank you to charles glenn and coming out and doing that that's so cool, man. That is the best way to. Uh, that is so. Uh, that's unbelievable. We might have to drive out to St. Louis and uh, go to a game. 
Yeah, I'll, t- uh, I'll Mavs first Blues once all this BS gets oh, yeah, cleared up. Yeah, that'd be pretty sweet, eh? Yeah, we're supposed to play tomorrow, but apparently, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, no, yeah, tomorrow's on, bud. It's on, John. It is on, the John. COVID, the COVID protocol uh, is out. We are back on the sketch. So, uh, I don't know. Right. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe uh, we'll uh, ha- we'll definitely have to catch a game together. Maybe do a little Zoom call, do a little shit talking here soon. <laughs> Sounds great, man. Anytime you come to St. Louis, we'll go to the game, I promise. Oh, same, same with you That'd here in Denver, man. I'll, uh, anytime anytime you're out here, you just give me a chat, and, we'll, uh, and we will freaking go get some beers, have a good time. But got some season tickets, <laughs> so... We got you. Plenty well, of breweries, bro. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll find one. Well, John, thank you so much, man. I loved having, loving, loved having you on. I hope you had a good time too. Uh, so uh, check out, uh, check out Johnny O. You know, uh, uh, check out his, you know, uh, his journey through life uh, on Facebook. If that's all right for me to say. Yeah, absolutely. Sweet and uh, yeah, check out um, uh, Daniel Beatty's new podcast, Hockey Jersey uh, Addicts, on uh, you know all, everywhere you listen to podcasts, basically. And then uh, check uh, out cheers, his bud. check out his Instagram, uh, Hockey Jersey Addicts, and uh, like and subscribe there. Like and subscribe on the Bench with Beaks on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and water and whatever the hell that last one is instagram uh hear <laughs> us on uh spotify uh google apple pod bean breaker overcast cast box verbal uh pocket cast and for that i will say the horse in salute happy until cheers boys cheers johnny Try the damn thing, see what happens.